Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Hi. Hi. I just want to say happy Halloween, bitches. <laughs> happy Halloween. Go eat yourself into a candy coma. I'm Maybe not. Gonna. That might be awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. At least I, have some candy, though. It's Halloween. Come on. Yeah. I've been, like, slow eating the stockpile of candy corn that I have, and I'm so happy <laughs> about it. Yeah. I don't like candy corn. You know, I didn't when I was a kid, but once I hit, like, 21, like, that's my jam. I don't know why. I just, I, okay, listen, I don't eat, like, it doesn't even have a huge flavor. Like, the flavor is fine, but the way it kind of mushes between my teeth, I love it. It's, like, such a weird See, that's the part that I don't really like. It's, like, oh, it's waxy. Satisfying. Oh, no, it's satisfying as fuck. I don't know why, but I just, I love that, that feeling. Oh, no. I can't think mm-hmm. of another food that gives me such, like, teeth mushing joy I don't know I'll have, I'll have to think about it <laughs> teeth mushing joy yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so today we're talking about season 10 episode 7 called girls 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 so we start out uh we're in a dark alley there's a drunk guy lying on the ground drinking out of a bottle in a brown paper bag uh, a woman named Tiana runs into the alley she turns a corner then stops she looks behind her and sees uh, the shadow of a man on the building across from the street. So she starts running again, uh, but she breaks uh, the heel of her boot off and falls to the ground. She says, ow! <laughs> then, <laughs> then she grabs the broken heel and runs some more. She rounds another corner and runs right into a man who is wearing all black. Uh, Tiana says, Raul. Th- Raul says, you better think fast, Tiana, because this looks bad. Yeah. We're getting Phantom of the Opera and the Princess and the Frog or whatever it is. Is that Princess and the Frog? Is that oh, Disney one? I, I don't remember. Like I've only seen that movie one time, actually. Isn't it? Is isn't it? Is it Tiana? It's Tiana. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't even remember that. So okay. All right. I'm pretty sure, anyways. Now I'm second guessing everything, but I'm pretty sure that's. What it is. You should check because I I don't remember. Um. Okay. So Tiana says, "I'm sorry. I'll do anything. I'll come back." I'll make it up to you. Just please don't hurt me. Uh, Raul steps closer and puts a finger on her lips. He says, now, what kind of message would that send the other girls, huh? Tiana puts her broken heel uh, between her fingers like a spike and stabs it into Raul's eye, which was the right thing to do. That was the right thing to do. Yep. I mean, yeah, but like, ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Raul kind of yells and then covers his eye. Um, as she pulls out her heel, uh, it's covered in blood and agu. <laughs> Raul takes his hand away from his eye and smiles. He says, oh, Tiana, Tiana, I'd say I'm sorry to lose you, but uh, he puts his hand on her face and we can see that his eye is actually healing kind of slowly. He says, there's plenty more where you came from. And then he snaps her neck and we get our opening title sequence. Great. Yeah. <laughs> So we cut to inside a restaurant. Dean is looking at his phone and Sam is reading a paper. Sam says, what, this? Uh, Cattle dust a few towns over? A demon possibility or something? Dean says, no, it says right there. It's probably because of the drought. Sam says, so what are we doing here? Dean looks at Sam's plate and points to it with his fork. 
he says, uh, reasons right on your plate. Lizardo's Porterhouse, USDA Prime. His cell phone does like a notification sound. Dean says, it's the only place between Connecticut and the bunker you can get a decent steak under 10 bucks. His cell phone makes some more noise. Sam okay, but over. like, here's the thing. I got something to say about that decent steak under 10 bucks. I don't think you can get a decent steak for under 10 bucks. So like, yeah. I don't think I trust a steak under 10 bucks to be decent, really. So yeah. Also, what do you care about the price? Really? Aren't you all on credit card fraud anyway? I know. <laughs> like, you don't need to go out of your way, like by hours to stay under 10, but also gas money. Like this just doesn't work for in my head. I don't know. Whatever. Well, we know, <laughs> no. we know his, actual we know why, method. but still, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Um, so Sam leans over to look at Dean's phone and says, dude, you're blowing up. Who is that? Dean scrolls through his phone and says, ah, it's just, you know, these alert thingies. Sam says for what? <laughs> Dean says, you know, monster stuff. Sam nods his head and then grabs Dean's phone. Dean says, hey, hey, uh-uh, no, give it back. Sam holds Dean's phone against his chest and says, what, why? Dean says, because privacy and stuff. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam says, oh, privacy. He looks at the phone and there's a picture of Dean with the caption Impala 67 and Dean's status information that reads Dean Winchester, age 35 years old. Location, Lebanon, Kansas, United States. Seeking, woman, status, never married, about, rolling through, no strings attached. <laughs> Sam says, you're on a dating app? Dean says, yeah, and you know what? Don't knock it till you try it. Sam says, nice screen name, Dean, Impala 67. Dean reaches for the phone <laughs> and says, all right, give it back, come on. Sam says, Shailene, huh? Dean, there are like a million messages here. Dean says, yeah, check out her pick. <laughs> so Sam does. He says, oh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> we see on the phone a pretty woman with dark hair. Um, okay. Does she give you like Lisa vibes? Because she gives me Lisa vibes. Just like her hair and her face, sort of. Not necessarily. Maybe a little. But I was like, mm, that's a little bit Lisa-ish. Okay. I mean, it's not a problem to have a type. I don't care, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Sam says, uh, okay, she's hot, but Dean says, but what? Sam says, she seems kind of available, like too available. And he reads, oh, baby, whatever you want. I'm burning up just thinking about you. Dean says, they get raunchier. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, yeah, I see that. It's like a like a penthouse letter. Dean says, yeah, is that bad? Sam says, no, it's not bad, Dean. It's too good to be true. Dean says, I'm sorry. Is it is it so hard to believe that an attractive, red-blooded American female could be interested in someone like me? Sam says, you realize there's no guarantee Shailene is even Shailene. I mean, for all you know, it could be some Canadian trucker named Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, though, like... Walking over somewhere, they're like, hey, this like trucker guy's like, hey, Dean, and he's just like, ah! You know? <laughs> I would have liked to see that actually. Yeah. That uh -huh. would have made me happy. Yeah. Uh, Sam gets distracted by someone standing behind Dean. Uh, we see that it is, in fact, Shailene, a real woman, Shailene. Uh, she's in a purple dress and she's smiling at Dean. 
Dean looks over her and smiles back. He waves and she waves. Dean turns back to Sam and says, that looked like a Bruce to you. Dean gets up from his chair, but Sam says, we detoured eight hours so you could get laid. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you know what? Lunch is on me. Dean takes some money out of his wallet and puts it on the table. He says, and uh, don't wait up. So Dean walks over to Shailene and puts his arm around her waist. Dean says, hi. Shailene says, hey. And then Dean and Shailene uh, walk out of the restaurant. Dean looks over his shoulder at Sam and smiles. Uh, we cut to a motel room. And we see on the wall, there's a large map. And there's pictures of faces pinned to the map. Some of them have X's through them. Hannah pins up another picture of a man and then puts a large X through his face with a red Sharpie marker. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Cass is sitting on the bed behind Hannah with a laptop. Uh, Hannah says, it's getting easier. Uh, Isaac came back willingly, didn't even resist. There are still some angels down here, but the higher profile rogues are back. Cass says, we'll find them all. That's the mission. Cass gets up and brings the laptop over to Hannah and shows her the website he's looking at. He says, here, Christopher Sherman, pastor. Local paper in Tennessee says he's P. working Sherman, miracle. Sherman, 42, Wildy Way, Sydney. <laughs> what is that from? I don't know what that's from. Nemo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Because, you know, really? animal, animal yeah, problem. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, you I probably would. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I mean, just like the premise of that first movie. I was like, yeah, no. That's just like, that's just like me and the fucking bear all over again. So, no. <laughs> I mean, if you skipped the first, like, no, listen. Anytime the dad literally fish, the first scene, you'd probably be okay. Anytime the dadfish is showing worry about the kidfish, that's too much for me. Like, I can't even <laughs> do that. I can't even do that. I get that they're cartoons. How would you feel about? How would you feel about reading the Wikipedia page about the plot? No, being lost. Uh, it depends on the children aspect of it. Are there kids freaking out about it? Then no, <laughs> I can't do it. I mean, so the whole, so finding Dory is mm -hmm. about Dory trying to find where she came from and her like parents and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so like, she's an adult fish who's got memory problems <laughs> that like Nemo and Marlin are trying to, like, help her retrace her steps, basically, to figure out, like, where she came from. Like, I don't know. Even that is just kind of a, a, a subject that would make me, I think, emotional for her. You know what I mean? And I don't need that in yeah. my life. I don't need that in my life. I mean, life. she's happy as a lark. She's not, like, I mean, she's got some, like, I guess there are some, like, somewhat sad-ish moments where she's, like, I don't know where I'm going and what I'm doing, but like, you know, yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't, yeah, I don't think I could do it. Not, I'm all not right. saying those are bad movies at all. I know no. those are great movies. I just, I don't, I think I'll cry. And I, I strive to put myself in situations where I don't cry. So, you know, <laughs> I try to not do that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, not, not in those movies. I just, you know, I, I, yeah. I suck. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know. No, I mean, it's, it's understandable. <laughs> Okay, so where am I? Okay, uh, bah, bah, bah. uh, Cass says, local paper in Tennessee says he's working miracles in his parish. Hannah says, figure of speech? Cass says, perhaps. Hannah walks away and Cass looks at the pictures on the wall. As she's walking, Hannah removes her suit jacket and hangs it on a hook on the wall. 
Cass says, the best lead we have. Until we find something stronger, we should... Uh, but then Cass notices that Hannah has been undressing as he talks. She drops yeah. her shirt on the floor. Uh, we are looking at her from behind. So we can see that from the waist up anyway, she is naked. <laughs> yes. Cass says, uh, check it out. And he's trying not to look at Hannah. He's like, I don't know what to do. Where do I put my eyeballs? He's so flustered. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Cass says, Hannah. Hannah says, yes. Cass says, what are you doing? Hannah mm. says, I'm taking a shower. Cass says, uh, we don't need to shower. Hannah says, I know. Uh, and she looks pretty confused by Cass's behavior. She asks, are you? Why are you being weird? <laughs> right. She says, are you? Does this bother you? Cass says, bothered? I, I'm not. Hannah kind of smirks and then says, good. And then she goes into the bathroom. Uh, so we cut to the Impala parked outside a motel. Inside a room, we see Dean being slammed up against the wall. <laughs> Shane <laughs> moves in and takes off Dean's button-down shirt. There's some, like, heavy smooching and panting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, Shailene kind of breaks away and says, I forgot something. We still need to discuss my terms. Dean says, oh, like rules? Like sexy rules? <laughs> wow. Shailene <laughs> says, um, more like issue of payment. Dean says, oh. Shailene says, yeah. Sweetie, I thought you figured it out. I mean, shy of coming out and saying it, I thought I made it pretty obvious. Dean says, yeah, yeah, no, I just, uh, see, I have this code. Uh, no cash for ass. Shailene, I mean, that's fair. You know? <laughs> I think that's a good code, really. Okay. <laughs> Shailene says, oh, well, you're in luck, honey, because I don't want your money. Uh, she walks back over to Dean and kind of snuggles up. She says, all I want for you is one little thing, a trifle, really. Dean says, I'm listening. Shailene says, your soul. Which, okay, a trifle, really. Dean says, okay. Yeah. Dean <laughs> He's says, like, come on, really? You know, like, <laughs> this is worse than the trucker situation. <laughs> <laughs> if only you were a Canadian trucker named Bruce. I know. <laughs> Not easier. Yeah. Shailene says, it's nothing, baby. Who knows what a soul is, really? If it even exists. All I know is you say yes, my guy comes up, you sign some papers, then it's you and me, good to go. Dean rolls his eyes and says, hmm, so that's it. Uh, Dean now has his back to Shailene and is looking around the motel room. Uh, he says, just sign over my life. Shailene says, it's a signature, baby. Dean <laughs> turns back to face her. Shailene is now, like, leaning against the motel room wall in, like, a weird, sexy, you know, take-me-now kind of pose. <laughs> she, well, she is. She is, yeah. She is, like, yeah. hey, look at me over here. Right. You want to do that? You know? right. right. She says, what's a little paperwork compared to absolute physical bliss? Dean says, well, you make a strong case. Shailene says, I love my job. Dean says, do you? She looks a little nervous and says, yeah. Dean says, because it doesn't look like love to me. Shailene kind of clears her throat and then looks really pissed. So we cut to Hannah and Cass walking through um, a motel restaurant. Hannah says, get the car. I'll check us out. So Cass walks out the door. 
Hannah opens her wallet and pulls out a credit card. As she puts it down on the desk, a hand like comes into view and grabs her hand. Hannah turns around looking surprised. Uh, it's a man. The hand man. <laughs> he says. The hand man. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I don't either, but like I, I still did it. I, I think I do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, the handman says, Caroline. Hannah says, uh. The handman says, I put an alert on your credit card. Saw a charge here. I drove all night. Uh, Hannah looks incredibly upset. Uh, we cut to uh, another man entering Dean and Shailene's hotel room. The man says, how we doing? Dean and Shailene are sitting on opposite corners of the hotel bed with their backs to each other, which looks like a really fucking awkward situation but okay. <laughs> like are they just sitting there not talking with their backs to each other? That's weird oh all of it was weird, all of it was weird. okay like, this is weird this got yeah. real weird real fast <laughs> i know like okay the man says everybody ready for a good time he walks further into the room and pulls a paper out of his jacket pocket he says okay john hancock right here then we can get this party started Dean stands up, and Sam walks into the room, stands next to Dean, who now has an angel blade in his hand. The man looks at them and says, Winchesters. <laughs> Sam and Dean look up you at You dirty round things. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, they look up at the ceiling, and the man also looks up and sees that a red devil's trap is painted directly above him. Dean says, she told us everything. Sam says, abduction, forced prostitution. It's pretty gnarly, even for a demon. The man says, uh, she's got her version. I've got mine. Shailene says, liar. Dean says, let me guess. She came to you begging for you to pimp her out. The demon says, yeah, because that Harvard degree was working out so well for her. Dean says, how many girls are there? Hmm? How big is this? The demon says, just me and Shay. Shailene says, he's lying. There's a brothel. I heard him on the phone. They told me what you are, a demon from hell. The demon says, beats trash from the street. Face it, Missy. Without me, you would have been dead of drugs or worse in a year. Frankly, this little hoe should be thanking me. Shailene gets real pissed and grabs the angel blade from Dean and stabs the demon. Dean says, whoa. Uh, the demon dies and falls to the floor. Dean says, okay, well, that just happened. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, and he was our best shot at the location of the brothel. Do you have any idea where it is? Shailene says no, but uh, and she goes over to the dead demon, reaches into his jacket pocket and pulls out a business card and hands it to Dean. She says, I saw him giving these out at the bars. We see that the card reads Raul's Girls, 1482 Willis Boulevard. So we cut to the inside of what the you bar. and Willis. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, there's a man holding a skimpy, a skimpy outfit uh, and showing it to a woman named Caitlin. The man says, what did you say? Caitlin says, I said, if you like it so much, why don't you wear it? Raul, who is wearing an eye patch from being stabbed with the, uh, you know, boot heel earlier. <laughs> he walks into the room. Uh, the man says to Raul, she won't wear the clothes you picked. What should I do? Raul says, Gerald, what do you think? Don't leave any marks. So Gerald turns to Caitlin and smiles very creepily. Uh, the door to the bar opens and a woman comes inside. She's got red hair and uh, she's wearing a black dress. She is the woman from the end of episode, um, I guess it's season 10, episode three called Soul Survivor. Her name is Rowena. Yay, Rowena. 
Well, we don't know that yet. Oh, well, I said but, it here. Her name's yeah. Rowena. I mean, yeah. whatever. I'm going to call her that. I mean, whatever, of, yeah. Instead of the woman. But that's yeah. Uh, Gerald says, hey, lady, I think you're in the wrong place. Rowena, who has a Scottish accent, says, this is Raul's girls, isn't it? Clever name, by the way. Raul says, sorry, but we're not hiring at the moment. And no offense, but even if we were, you're a little old. Unless you're here as a customer. Rowena okay, says. Okay, she just, I'd just like to say she doesn't look that old. She doesn't look that old, no. You know? Like, and I'm looking at these girls, uh, and she doesn't look that much older than these girls. I mean, maybe five years, but, like, does yeah. that matter? No? Okay. Not a significant amount. Yeah. Rowena says, no disrespect to your girls, but I'd sooner die than do business with any kind with, uh, okay, I'm going to start that over. <laughs> I'd rather die than do business with any kind with filth like you. Rowena throws a hex bag with red markings on it to Raul, who catches it. Raul says, you, but then he starts gasping and black goo comes pouring out of his mouth. He collapses to the floor and then we see a blonde woman named Elle come into the room from the other side of the bar area. Gerald says, boss. <laughs> Maisie was not thrilled about that. Did you hear that? Yeah. It sounded like she just kind of made a thumping sound, but that's funny. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rowena says, ladies, he may want to stand back. This will get messy. Then the demon in Gerald smokes out of his body uh, and, exit through, and exits through the air vent in the wall while Raul continues to hork up black goo onto the floor. He finally falls onto Hork. his back. Yep. <laughs> falls into his back. So Rowena says, hardly the most appetizing process in the world, but killing demons always makes me hungry. <laughs> Rowena turns it back to the women and then looks over her shoulder at them and says, you coming? I mean, you're welcome to stay here. Caitlin and Elle look horrified and then nod and leave the room with Rowena. Rowena says, fabulous. So we cut back to Hannah um, and the hand man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Elle, I'm sorry. The hand man says, Carolyn. Caroline? Carolyn? What did I call her earlier? Doesn't matter. It's probably Carolyn. It, was it Caroline or Carolyn? I don't remember. What did I even say? Okay, well. I don't know. I don't okay. know what you said. I don't remember what he I said. Either. In the I literally watched it last night and I, <laughs> I couldn't too. tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just, I'm sure I'll just change it every time. Okay. Uh, Handman <laughs> says, Carolyn, Caroline, you've been gone a year. Disappeared. I don't know what happened to you. I don't know who's gotten in your head, but something's going on and I'm not walking away until I know what. Hannah says, well, there is a reason, an answer for all of this. The handman says, then tell me. Hannah says, I can't. You wouldn't understand. The handman says, then I'm not going anywhere. Uh, Cass walks back into the room and says, I waited at the car, but the desk man said, Hannah says, Castiel, this is Joe, my husband. Cass says, oh, oh. Joe says, who is this guy? Hannah says, he, uh, Joe says, you're saying you're together. Hannah says, what? Yes. And then Hannah takes Cass's hand and says, I left you for him. He's the reason. Joe says, no, no. <laughs> She's just kind of like, um, uh, uh, this, this. Yeah, that, that one. I that, know, that's right? the reason. Like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound very convincing. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Joe says, no, no, I don't believe it. This guy? You? No. There's something. You're not that kind of person. Okay. You wouldn't do that. You couldn't do that. 
Hannah then uh, kind of grabs Cass and kisses him passionately. <laughs> As they break apart, we see that Joe looks devastated and Hannah and Cass kind of stare at each other. Hannah says to Joe, I'm sorry. To Cass, she says, let's go. So Hannah and Cass leave. Okay, so we cut back to the bar. We see Gerald's body on the floor and Raul, you know, dead in the puddle of black goo. Sam and Dean are there. Dean <laughs> says, can't believe someone got to kill this Raul tool before we could. Check IDs. Sam says, all right. And he kneels down by the bodies. Well, Dean goes behind the bar and pours himself a drink. Sam says, uh, Dean, from the look of it and smell of it, pure demon. I think this is Raul. Dean says, what? Did he puke himself to death? Sam says, yeah, literally. Dean puts his drink back down <laughs> and says, okay, so something went down there. There was a standoff. One demon smokes out and Raul... What could even kill a demon like this? Sam picks up the hex bag and says, apparently, a witch. So we cut to um, Rowena and the, I want to call them prostitutes, but I'm just going to call them the ladies. <laughs> uh, yeah, just... I mean, like, they're both right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah. Okay. So um, they're drinking champagne and sitting uh, in an upscale restaurant. L says, uh, ma'am, why are we here? Rowena says, I thought you'd be hungry. I doubt that swine Raul fed you properly. Caitlin says, yeah, but we don't belong here. Uh, a waiter walks up to the table and says, apologies for the interruption, ma'am. Rowena says, that word again. The waiter says, but I'm afraid that the Bistro de Moles, M-O-U-L-E-S, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I'll just say moles, whatever. Uh, the Bistro de Moles has a very strict dress code, a sartorial standard certain members of your party fall well short of. Caitlin uncomfortably says, now can we go? Uh, Rowena says, stay in your seats. We're not going anywhere. And she reaches into her bag. The waiter says, excuse me. Rowena says, you heard me. And she hands the waiter a small hex bag. The waiter says, uh, no, to the waiter, she says, uh, this is Latin. I know, you know how good I am at that. She says, <laughs> Simolitus, <laughs> whatever. She says something. Uh, <laughs> we cut to a short time later. Uh, waiters are bringing plate after plate of food to the table. Uh, the waiter says, okay, I can't say this either. A, a Krug? Krug? K-R-U-G? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Some type of wine or champagne, he says. Uh 95, an excellent vintage, with our compliments, of course. Elle says, this is awesome. Caitlin says, how did you do it? Rowena says, magic. So we cut to Crowley sitting on his throne. He says, Gerald. Uh, Crowley gets up and walks towards Gerald, who is now a construction worker. Crowley says, a bordello, you opened a whorehouse in my name. <laughs> Gerald says, well, technically the place was called Raul's Girls, but yes. Look, Raul said that. Crowley says, oh, Raul said. Gerald says, your decree last month. Soul deals were way down after the war with Abaddon. Said that you were looking for proactive and out-of-the-box strategies, strategies to get numbers back up. Crowley says, so you and your half-foot pal threw me into the sex trade. I'm evil. That's just tacky. <laughs> 
And I mean, like, yeah, okay. Gerald, okay. Says, <laughs> Gerald says, we tried running it past you, but we were told you weren't taking meetings, that you were distracted. I mean, busy. Look, this witch took Raul down like that. Whole operation kaput. I smoked out. Crowley says, ran away. Gerald says, possessed the nearest meat suit I could find. Crowley says, apparently so. Gerald says, because I thought you should know what happened. Active aggression like that didn't seem like something you could let stand. Crowley rolls his eyes uh, and, oh, that's it. Okay, Crowley rolls his eyes. So we cut to, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I got lots of weird notes here. Uh, we cut to Sam and Dean driving and baby. It's nighttime now. Sam says, here we go. Uh, Sam's laptop is open to a page that reads, Witchcraft and the Occult, to bind and purge. He says, uh, so it looks like in the 18th century, there were accounts of demons killed by witchcraft. Apparently, they were vanquished by a spell called, ooh, Defiger? Okay, this is more Latin. Sure, I don't know. Defiger <laughs> et Depurger, which is Latin for to bind and purge. Dean says, you think that's the same kind of spell that took out Raul? Sam says, sounds like it, but from what I can tell, that spell hasn't been used in over 300 years, and it was only ever known by one person, the witch who created it. Dean says, that is? Sam says, Rowena. So we cut back to Rowena and the women still in the restaurant. Rowena says, according to the Grand Coven, there are three recognized kinds of witch in the world. Most common are the borrowers, those who harness the power of a demon in order to practice the art. Owing to recent experience, I doubt you'd have the stomach for that. Secondly, and rarest of all, are the naturals, those who are born with a gift. Elle says, you're one of those. Rowena says, well, you are correct. <laughs> Caitlin, <laughs> I know. Yep. Caitlin says, and what's the third? Rowena says, the students, those with no natural ability who, with enough practice and training and a Grand Coven approved mentor to show them the path, can eke out a modicum of witchly power. Elle says, will you be our mentor? Rowena says, well, I'm about as far from Grand Coven. Coven? Coven? What have I been saying? I don't even know what it is now that I'm trying I to think. I think you said Coven. Coven? Coven? I think I said all of those things. Okay. Grand Coven. <laughs> uh, it's possible to be. They threw me out many years ago. Disapproved of my methods. Said my magic was too extreme. I was forbidden from using magic, from taking students, from forming a coven. I've been on the run for the, from those utter fannies ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin says, so you can't teach us. Rowena says, screw the grand coven and their silly rules. You two stick with me and you can have anything. Do anything you want, whenever you want. Elle says, when do we start? Rowena says, soon, but not here. Uh, the waiter is walking over with two plates, but he starts to stumble and looks a little confused. He starts to sweat and his eyes and head kind of turn red. The plates fall to the floor. Everyone in the restaurant kind of turns to look at him. Rowena says, whoops, I do believe that's our cue. So Rowena <laughs> and the go. <laughs> yep, they get up to leave. Uh, the waiter's head is now bright red and peeling. Not, not good. Like the worst sunburn you've ever had. Like yes. that's what, to me, that's what it looks like. A sunburn feels like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he falls to the floor. Caitlin says, did you do that? Rowena says, oh, he'll be fine. Workers comp and all that. Are you coming? <laughs> so. Okay. Workers comp doesn't do shit. 
Nope. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, <Yep>. it's fine. <laughs> she quickly walks past the dead waiter. Uh, we cut to a demon tied to a chair on top of a devil's trap. The demon says, I'm not afraid because you're a noob. Uh, whoever he's talking to throws some holy water on him and he hisses in pain. The demon laughs and says, I'm your first. That's why you're drawing this out because you're studying me. You're training. Uh, more holy water is thrown on the demon and the demon sizzles, sizzles a bit and says, it's going to take a lot more than that to make me talk. And we see that he is speaking to Cole, who says, boy, you will talk. You will talk and you will tell me everything you know about your buddy, Dean Winchester. So we cut to Cass and Hannah at a gas station. Cass is putting gas in the car. Hannah is standing at the front of the car. Cass says, at some point, we have to talk about what happened. The uh, Hannah says, he wouldn't listen, Castiel. He wouldn't let me go. I didn't want to hurt him. I could have erased his memories, but it, it didn't feel right. I thought if he truly believed we were together, he'd give up. And it worked. So why does it feel so bad? Cass says, you did the right thing. You hurt him, but you gave him a reason. Something he could use to move forward and make sense of his loss. I had to take my vessel from his family. Twice, actually. Jimmy Novak. He was a good man. He was married. Had a daughter. Claire. Hannah says, and? Cass says, and it was difficult, but necessary. The mission comes first. Always. Uh, the gas nozzle clicks and Cass turns away from Hannah to replace the nozzle. When he turns back, Hannah is gone. So we cut to Dean in his FBI suit talking to a waiter at the restaurant where the waiter kind of sunburned, peeled, and died. <laughs> <laughs> Another waiter says to him, middle of my shift, there's Marty falling down, clutching his head, stroking out right there on the floor, sweating, turning red like, Dean says, like his brains were bowling. Not bowling. <laughs> <Boiling. laughs> All the pins are down. <laughs> I'm just going to throw my brain down the alley. Okay. All right. Down the lane. My brain down the lane. Um, Dean says, uh, was there anything else unusual? The waiter says, more unusual than our head waiter dropping dead in front of me? Dean says, before that. The waiter says, I don't know. I mean, I thought getting two hookers in here was pretty damn unusual, but that was before Marty keeled over. Dean says, uh, two hookers? The waiter says, based on what they were wearing, yeah. Dean says, were they alone? The waiter says, no, came in with a lady. Dean says, thank you for your time. So he cut to Sam in his FBI suit, sitting at an outside table, talking on the phone. Sam says, no, that is strange. All right, I hear you. Thank you. Dean walks up to Sam and says, hey. So it looks like our witch was here with two new friends. Sam says, really, Raul's girls. What does she want with them? Dean says, I don't know. What'd you get from the Hunter Network? Sam says, this guy Daryl's been working a case, a series of grisly hotel murders, one at the Kensington, another at the Waldorf in Cleveland, body stabbed, impaled on the ceiling. Dean says, sounds a little more homicidal maniac than witchy. Sam says, that's what Daryl thought too, until the autopsy came back. Actual cause of death. Dean says, let me guess, boiled brains. Sam says, yeah, same as our waiter. Dean says, well, I'll give this to the witch. She's got deep pockets. The Kensington, the Waldorf, this restaurant, that can't be cheap. Uh, Sam says, yeah, let's get. And he stands up. Dean says, where are we going? Sam says, check out every five-star hotel in the area. Dean says, oh. So we cut to Hannah standing on the little wooden bridge over a stream, 
Cass walks up and says, what's going on? Hannah says, I'm sorry, Castiel. I'm not going with you. I'm done. So cut to a few moments later. Uh, they're walking on a path along the stream. Hannah says, it's hard letting go of a story, a mission. But what of the humans who lives we, whose lives we sacrifice in the name of that mission? Cass says, what of them? Hannah says, we always said the humans were our original mission. Maybe it's time, Castiel. Time to put them first. Cass says, where is all this coming from? Hannah says, being on Earth, working with you, I've felt things. Human things. <laughs> Passions. Feelings. <laughs> I know. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Uh, she says, to shower, feel water on my skin, to get closer to you. But all of that was nothing compared to what I felt when I saw him. Her husband, his anger and his grief. As Caroline was inside of me, screaming out for him, for her life back. These feelings, they aren't for me, for us. They belong to her. I know it's time to step aside. Hannah smiles and then leans forward and kisses Cass on the cheek. She says, goodbye, Castiel. Then she kind of leans her head back and her bluish white angel light comes out of her mouth and rises into the air. Uh, Hannah's vessel collapses onto Cass for a moment and then stands up again. She looks at her hands and then at Cass, a little confused. Cass says, Caroline, I'm... Caroline says, Castiel, I know. So we cut to a hotel room uh, with Rowena and the two women. Someone knocks on their door. Rowena says, okay, you two ready for some practice? Caitlin says, who is it? Rowena says, probably the hotel manager, probably here to complain that I haven't paid the bill. You have those spells I gave you. Elle says, yeah, about that. I don't read Spanish. <laughs> wow. <Okay. laughs> Rowena, says, yeah. Rowena says, it's Latin. Latin is what I just tried to say. It's Latin. <laughs> Phonetics are on the back, darling. Elle looks confused and says, Phonetics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rowena walks to the door and looks through the peephole. She sees the face of a pissed off looking bellman. Rowena says, get ready. And on my word. She opens the door and sees that the bellman is actually dead with his throat slit. He falls forward onto the floor. A man and a woman lean into the door frame and their eyes turn black. Uh, we cut to a few moments later. Uh, the women and Rowena are being led down the hotel hallway. And Rowena's mouth is gagged. Uh, the female demon says, you're in for a world of hurt when we deliver you to our boss. Caitlin says, what about us? I'm not going back to that place. The female demon says, Operation Skank has been terminated. The only place you two, <laughs> the only place you two are going is the dumpster out back. <laughs> then the female demon uh, runs right into Sam and Dean. Dean stabs the female demon in the stomach with the angel blade. She dies and falls to the ground. Rowena and the other two women run to the end of the hallway. Uh, the male demon throws Dean to the ground. And Sam fights with them and is also thrown to the ground. Dean comes up behind him and stabs him in the back with his angel blade. And Rowena removes her gag. Caitlin says, who are those guys? Rowena says, hunters. Let's get out of here. Elle tries the door close to them. And Rowena says, that's not an exit. Dean says, don't worry, ladies. Our beef's not with you. We're here for the witch. Rowena. Rowena says, always nice to be recognized. Elle says, do something. A spell. Rowena looks at Elle and then puts a hex bag in her hand and says, that's an excellent idea. 
And like, where is she keeping all these hex bags? That's where I want to know. Like, she's just got pockets full of shit. <laughs> I just assume that they're, like, up her sleeves, just like angels keep their angel blades and stuff like that. Like, I, mean, I guess, gonna... but, like, how do you sort through all the ones in your sleeve to figure out which one you want to hand them? You know? I know. I'm just going to say magic. <laughs> That's my go-to. Okay. Um, where am I? Okay. Uh, Rowena does a, a Latin spell she says impetus bestiarum uh l bends over and starts screaming dean says what did you do to her rowena laughs as l lifts up her head her eyes are red and blood is dripping from her nose she snarls and then punches both of the boys in the head they fall down <laughs> rowena and caitlin i wrote rowena and the caitlin i don't know uh, uh, <laughs> the caitlin the caitlin <laughs> They run past them down the hallway. So Sam and Dean get up and face Elle. Sam says to Dean, go, go. So we cut to Rowena and the Caitlin running down an alley. Caitlin says, what did you do? What did you do to her? Rowena says, attack dog spell. We needed a decoy. Caitlin says, but, but she'll die just like the waiter. Rowena says, probably. Few humans are built to survive magic like that. And Elle was weak but you're not. I saw it the second we met. You're strong. Yeah, Caitlin. okay, that's what we <laughs> <you> saw. <laughs> Caitlin says, you're right, I am. And then Caitlin punches Rowena right in the face and then kind of trots off down the alley. <laughs> Rowena lifts her head and points at Caitlin. She chants, oh God, this fucking Latin is killing me. Okay. She <laughs> says, a citrus ingret. Uh, but suddenly Dean is there. He says, not another word. Dean has a gun pointed to the back of Rowena's head. She turns to face him. He says, lady, your luck has just run out. Rowena laughs and says, I'm pretty sure that's not true. And then we see a gun pointed at the back of Dean's head. There's a whistle and Dean turns his head to find Cole holding the gun on him. Dean says, pal, we got to work on your timing. Cole <laughs> like, says, really? Come on. <laughs> I know, right? Cole says, drop the gun, Dino. Dean says, all right, she may not look like much, but letting this one go, big mistake. Cole says, uh-huh. Rowena says, you heard the boy. So Dean drops his gun to the ground. Rowena smirks and like scurries away. Dean says, look, man, I am sorry about the last time we met, okay? I'm sorry about a lot of things. I'm not the same person I was. Cole says, you're not a person at all. See, I know all about your kind now. Dean says, <laughs> My kind, listen. He's like, yeah, here we go. I know, right? uh, Cole throws holy water in Dean's face and looks very confused when Dean does not sizzle. Dean <laughs> says, I'm not a demon anymore. Cole says, so were you a demon when you murdered my father? Dean says, no. Cole says. <laughs> I would have just lied and been like, yep, yep. That's I know, what happened, right? actually. Yeah, <laughs> How'd you know? know? Cole says, then you're still a monster. And Cole hits Dean in the head with his gun. Uh, they struggle, and Dean grabs the, 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 the gun, and throws it to the ground, and punches Cole in the face. Cole raises his hands up to fight and says, let's go. So they fight. Uh, we cut to Elle, who is trapped in a linen closet. She's struggling to escape. Uh, Sam is on the other side of the door, trying to keep her inside. Elle says, let me out. Sam says, look, whatever she did to you, you have to fight it. Elle says, I can't. So we cut back to Dean and Cole fighting. Cole gets thrown to the ground and makes a move to grab his gun. 
Dean kicks it away, grabs his gun, and points it at Cole. Dean says, don't. So we cut back to Sam leaning against the closet door as Elle tries to break through. He draws his gun and aims it at the door, but then the banging sounds stop. He opens the door and sees Elle, who's bleeding from her eyes and nose, and she falls to the floor dead. So we cut back to Cole and Dean in the alley. Cole says, what are you waiting for? Do it. Dean says, no. Now, I'm going to clean this mess up once and for all. You're going to give me five minutes, and we're going to talk. Get up. Cole says, after that, if you don't like, oh, that's not what, it, did I get the wrong person? Uh, ma, 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 ma. I don't know if this is Dean or Cole. One of them says, after that, if you don't like what you hear, Dean turns his gun Dean. around and hands it to Cole. Okay, good. Dean says, <laughs> <laughs> so Dean turns his gun around. I was like, I had to think about it for a second. I was yeah, like, oh. all, it's all weird. I don't know what I was doing. Um, Dean turns his gun around and hands it to Cole and says, you still want me dead? You take your shot. So Cole takes the gun and points it at Dean. Dean says, what I do is hunt monsters. Your dad, Cole, your dad was a monster. Cole says, yeah, you say that now, but last time we fought, you couldn't even remember his name. Dean says, 2003, Nyack, New York, Ed Trenton. I was working a case, three dead, livers ripped out and eaten by your father. Cole says, livers? Dean says, yeah, I tracked him down that night to your house. Cole says, well, you say he was a monster. What kind of monster was he? Dean says, I don't know. Never seen that kind before. I've never seen it again. All I know is that he came home that night looking to kill. Could have been you. Could have been your mom. Cole says, no. Dean says, <laughs> the only reason that didn't happen is because I was there to stop him. Cole says, I heard his voice. It was a human voice, and he begged you to stop. Dean says, it's a ploy. It's a monster trick. I know what you heard, but know this. That was not your father, Cole. Your father was already gone. Dean looks over Cole's shoulder and points and yells, put it down, Sam, put it down. Cole turns around and sees Sam aiming his gun at him. Cole aims his gun back at Dean and Dean says, Cole, it's fine. Sam says, Dean? Dean says, put it down. Sam lowers his gun and Cole turns back to Dean. Dean says, Cole, hey, right here. We're talking, okay? Cole says, how can I believe you, huh? How can I believe you? My whole life, I've been... Dean says, I get it. That was your story. Look, man, I got one of those too, okay? But those stories that we tell to keep us going, man, sometimes they blind us. They take us to dark places. The kind of place where I might beat the crap out of a good man just for the fun of it. The people who love me, they pulled me back from that edge. Cole, once you touch that darkness, it never goes away. Now, the truth is, I'm past saving. I know how my story ends. It's at the edge of a blade or the barrel of a gun. So the question is, is that going to be today? Is that going to be that gun? Sam says, you got a family, Cole. I heard you on the phone that night. I'm guessing they need you to come back, and they need you to come back whole. Cole, who is like sort of crying now, uh, hands the gun back to Dean. We cut to Caroline, um, which is Hannah's vessel, uh, standing at the door to a house. Joe opens the door, and they look at each other. We see that Cass is sitting in his car at the curb in front of the house watching. Caroline says, I'm, Joe says, hi. Caroline says, hi. And then they hug and walk back into the house. Uh, the door closes in the car. Cass opens his laptop and types into the search bar, Jimmy Novak. Four pictures come up. Uh, one which shows his vessel as missing. So we cut to Cole driving his Jeep out of the alley. Sam and Dean watch him leave. 
Sam says, he say where he's going. Dean says, home. Sam says, Rowena. Dean says, in the wind. Sam says, what you said earlier back there about being past saving, were you really? Dean says, I was just telling the guy what he needed to hear. We better go. And then Dean walks away and Sam stares after him looking concerned. So we cut to Crowley and Gerald uh, walking down a staircase. They approach a cell door. Gerald says, Winchester showed up. Alpha team went down, but beta teams work in contingency. Had a perimeter around the hotel. We got her right in there. Tortured. If you like, I could finish her off. Crowley says, wipe that ridiculous smile off your face. What do you want? A medal? A thank you for cleaning up the mess you made? <laughs> Gerald walks away. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Gerald walks away and Crowley says to himself, everyone working for me touched? Crowley opens the cell door and walks Nobody. inside. <laughs> yep. And he not muttered, by an angel. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not that good kind of touch. Yep. <laughs> Crowley opens the cell door and walks inside. He mutters, bunch of needy, squalling, incompetent infants. Uh, Rowena is chained up in the cell. Her face is all cut and bruised. She says, the king at last. King of what? Lilliput? I have no idea what that means, by the way, but I'm I don't either. Okay. <laughs> she says, she I says, cannot be of help in that yeah. one. <laughs> she says, I mean, I heard you were short, but well, get to it. Time for the coup de gras. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, Crowley is staring at her in shock. She says, wee boy, is something the matter with you? Cat got your tongue. Hmm? Meow. But Crowley, is, she plays a good crazy lady. She does. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Crowley is like almost speechless, totally unprepared. He says, <laughs> mother and credits. Okay. So I have mostly one singular thought and I would just like to say <laughs> that I am impressed that Dean drove eight hours <laughs> to get laid. Most dudes can't even be bothered to text you back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, like Dean. <laughs> yeah, I think with Dean, like, it's probably been a while, you know? For sure. But still, like... That's dedication, though. Like he could have, like he can find just about anybody anywhere. So it's not like it takes him much. Like the fact that he's willing to like dedicate the time to like driving eight hours is pretty impressive, considering most people can't dedicate the time to send a ten-second text message. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. You're right. You're right. Also, like I'm assuming if Dean is on a a dating app or an app to hook up, like. He's going to find takers much closer than that. So I wonder why, yeah. you know, if it was just that girl or if it was like the girl and the steak, you know, combo. <laughs> I think what? it was, it probably did have something to do with the steak too, I'm sure. Yeah. But <laughs> like, that, is a, that is a long time to drive when those other options are there. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Well, I mean, and look, she, was, she was a prostitute, so maybe she was just, you know, saying all the right things to oh, probably, yeah. somebody that like, hey, you definitely need to get in you here. You drive this eight hours. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. again, most people won't, you know, like. That's true. Yeah, you're right. So, That's really you funny. Know, like, 
guys, take a take a note from a dean's playbook there, and you know, put in some effort. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yep. Yep. You know? Agreed. I agree. <laughs> I'm not saying they're all like that, like. Mm-hmm. But I would say the majority of the dating pool is a lot of lazy little fishes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. my one thought. Oh, no. Actually, I lied. I have another thought. I thought it was funny that she called somebody a fanny because in Brit- in like British slang, that's like calling that's, that's somebody... The yeah. A word? A dirty C word? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Also, like you know, just kind of like, ooh, she went there. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, is that in the U.S., Fanny is your backside. So you either think she's calling somebody (laughs) an ass or Lady Bits. And so, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we can assume because she's Scottish, you know, that she meant she meant meant Lady Bits. Yeah, sure. I'm sure that's what exactly what it meant. But I kind of wonder how many people like think that that's not what it meant you know like and they think that it means just she's calling somebody an ass or something yeah anyway but yeah that's my only other thought um <laughs> what was your favorite moment from this episode um well I did like a lot of this episode I actually was really I kind of went into this episode thinking like oh yeah whatever this episode like all I remembered from it was like Rowena and those two girls that she was like yeah. you're gonna be in my my coven but then like it doesn't work out for them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's all I really remembered. Um, so there was a lot going on in this one, though. You got Rowena. You've got Crowley at the end. You've got kind of the wrap-up with Cole. I mean, mm-hmm. that plot point with Cole, anyways. Yeah. Um, and there was, wasn't there another... What else happened in this episode? There was one other thing that I was like, Cass oh. Cass and Hannah. Cass and Hannah. Yeah, and Hannah, you know, getting out of her vessel. That whole kind of wrap-up with, with that... Um, that line anyway yeah Um, yeah there was a lot I I was surprised that so much happened um but my favorite part um it was probably the end scene where you know Crowley walks in on Rowena being chained up and he you can tell he's having like what (laughs) having a crazy moment in his head and we're watching it like why is this a big why is this a big deal and then after you know a short amount of time you're like oh he clearly recognizes her and then Hmm a little bit more time goes by where he's, you know, clearly freaking out and you're and then he's like, mother. And you're like, Oh, that's fucked oh, up. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was fun the way they did it and the way they paced it and stuff. I thought yeah. that was really cool. What was your favorite moment? Um, mine was the whole like dating app situation. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm in Paula 67, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah <that laughs> you know, it's good. like the whole, like, just rolling through town or whatever. The whole, like, I just thought that was kind of funny that, like, Sam was, like, making fun of him and he was like, yeah, uh huh, that's me. I got mm-hmm. no shame. I'm a dude. Yep. I know it. I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, that was pretty, that was funny. pretty good. Yeah. Um, so the interesting facts in this episode, it says, um, oh, well, here we go. It says the interest, interests, interests <laughs> listed on Dean's dating app, uh, rolling through town, no strings attached, interested, <laughs> were the same as, um, what Jensen Ackles gave as an answer to the question, what would be on Dean's dating profile at Comic-Con in 2014, um, 
writer Robert Behrens uh, confirmed that he was writing the script when he was at Comic-Con, heard Jensen's reply and knew he had to put it in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, the title of the episode was originally Let Her Go, but was changed because it was too reminiscent of Disney's Frozen. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the episode was titled after Motley Crue's song Girls, Girls, Girls. Um, it says uh, Rowena takes the two prostitutes to a restaurant named Bistro de Mules. Yeah, oh God, I didn't. I didn't know either. Like, yeah, I don't know. Did they say the name of the place? I don't. Yeah, yeah. The the waiter like mentions it in some dialogue, but I I don't remember how he said it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it says mules is French for mussels, and since mussels are a type of clam, mules is also French slang for lady bits. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You and your dirty mules. <laughs> That's hilarious. I like oh, it. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, it says Alicia Rataru. I think, um, who plays Shailene, previously appeared in the episode Supernatural of Grave Importance as Victoria Dodd, which I don't remember. I don't remember that either. Hmm. Um, uh, it says her and Allison Bath, um, who plays Tiana, co-starred in the movie Girl House in 2014. Um, it says Viv Leacock, which plays or who plays Gerald the Demon. I'm guessing that's the like construction worker demon, right? I think so. What, what did they say his name was? Gerald. Yeah, that's the construction worker. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um. He previous he previously appeared in the episode Supernatural: Death Takes a Holiday as Pete Hensley. I don't. I don't remember. Remember yeah. any of that? <laughs> yeah. Good news. You would think <laughs> that with how many times we've watched this and like how much we kind of have to pay attention to it that like. <laughs> I, yeah, like, there's I just feel like I should remember more things than what I do, but I don't. <laughs> I feel that way too, but also like every time I do remember something, like out of these interesting facts from an earlier episode, I'm like, how did I even remember that? You know, just there's, there's so many episodes, so yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yep. It's all fine. Um, okay. Um, um, it says, despite playing her son, Mark Shepard is 15 years older than Ruth Connell, um, mm-hmm. when, who plays Rowena. Um, it says, when Rowena is confronted by Crowley, she makes a slight at him. King of what? Lilliput? I mean, I heard you were short, but um, Rowena is referencing a race of six-inch high people in the classic novel Gulliver's Travels, written by Jonathan Swift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. I feel like I've heard of that book, but I don't think I ever read it. Oh, really? I had to read, I think in high school, we read it, like a part of it. Cause it's a pretty big book, I think. Um, I, yeah, I don't but, honestly know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't read all of it. So, yeah. 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 Um, so this is the final appearance of Erica Carroll as Hannah. Um, and then, so it says Alicia Rotaru, um, who plays Shailene again. So she pre- or she previously appeared in Of Grave Importance, and she pre- played a prostitute in both episodes. <laughs> she just oh, keeps coming back as prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if I was going to be on Supernatural, I'd probably take whatever I could get. Oh, yeah. yeah no, whatever, sure. role. Like, whatever, sure. I'll be a yeah. dead body. That's fine. Just, yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <funny. laughs> 
Okay, so our research today is uh, for Ranker because, again, it's Ranker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. We have a problem. <laughs> um, and it's how to tell if you're a natural-born witch because Yay. Rowena. Um, so it says, whether you realize it or not, there's an entire group of people who are tuned into a universal energy that the rest of the world ignores. They're called witches, and they're all around us. If you've ever felt like you're connected to something bigger than yourself or that you're just more in tune with nature than others are, then you might just be picking up on your own witchiness and it's time to discover how you fit into the coven. Witches are real. They live and work among us while doing their best to keep their universe in alignment or the universe in alignment. (laughs) I guess it's their universe too, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But how do you know if you're one of the few who has the ability to act in harmony with the unseen world? The following signs that you're a witch will help you determine whether or not you're a true witch, and then it's up to you to decide what to do with your newfound abilities. Are you a witch? If you don't know, um, but I've always had the sneaking suspicion that you might be, these facts will help you determine if you're a twisted sister or just a Wiccan wannabe. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Even if you aren't a natural-born witch, there are still a few ways for you to become a witch, and they've been laid out plainly for you below. Now it's just up to you to take your destiny to the broom. (laughs) Awesome. I would also like to say that this is kind of like a satire post. It's not. Oh, yeah. It's Absolutely. not completely like. No, I I don't know. It's not like. Don't take it too seriously. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm like I don't really know what the word is that I'm looking for, but just like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So it says, do you feel like an outsider? How do you spend most of your days? If you're hanging out with the cheerleading squad or gabbing with your large group of friends, then you're probably not a witch. <laughs> but if you deal with depression as a kid and found yourself preferring to hang out by yourself in your room or Mother Nature, then you may very well be a witch. Keep in mind that simply hanging out by yourself isn't a good enough reason to consider yourself a witch. You also need to have some of the other qualities mentioned. Okay. <laughs> just, just because you don't like people doesn't mean you're a witch, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, It says, are you controlling of others? Do you ever feel like you have some sort of hold over people? Can you always convince your your friends, family, and strangers to go along with your plans? Um, Even if you aren't some cruel Machiavellian who sees the world as a chessboard, you may still be controlling people without realizing that you're doing so. Um, It says, people in the Christian faith believe that there are many witches who don't know that they're witches and who try to control entire congregations by manipulating the men in the church. What? I would point out that that is 1,000% not true. I have gone to church my entire life, and I have heard from some crazy church-going people, and I have never heard that. It Me is neither. not the truth. So yeah. like, if that is something that you think happens at church. It is not. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh that yeah, yeah. maybe back in the days when they were doing the witch trials that was a thing but that's not a thing you know? yeah right okay that's interesting they put that in there yeah right. eh, okay whatever but okay. i figure i mean they put it in there i'll read it but that's not exactly the truth and by yeah. not exactly the truth i mean it's not the truth at all but okay. <laughs> um so <laughs> the next one is are you in in touch with your volcanic sensual energy (laughs) that sounds (laughs) explosive okay i know right yeah um it says most people aren't really in touch with the fiery ocean of sexual energy that flows through their veins but you can be certain that everyone who does is a straight-up witch (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it says creative sexual energy comes from your first and second chakras, which can be used to harness the powers of the universe for fun and profit. Huh. Um, it says, have you ever set Wait, something did up? It, did it just say to harness your sexual energy for profit? Is that what you just said? No, no, no. It says the first and second chakras can be used to harness the powers of the universe for fun and for profit. Okay, okay. Like, you know, profit not like, from not fun. like go sell your body for money. Type no, 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 no. Okay, okay, got it. No, no. I was like, I, we should have proofread this article, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Cross my mind at all, but okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so the next one is, have you ever set something on fire with your mind? Um, or someone says, I'm so angry that you're at your little brother that you almost burned the house down. Huh. Maybe not with my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, <coughs> I'm good. If so, this is evidence of your inherent pyrokinesis, which is proof that you're most definitely a witch. If you can harness this kind of power, then you need to either rein it in completely or learn how to control it so that you don't go around burning stuff down every time something doesn't go your way. <laughs> yeah. I would like to say, I do like to play with fire, but the match variety. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Variety. I ain't got that, but the match variety is pretty darn fun, too. Yeah. Especially gasoline in a match. That's really fun. <laughs> Ooh, you're bad. Well, I mean, there's been a few times where we've had to burn stuff. So you put, I mean, it's like a decent sized pile. You throw a little bit of gasoline, not a lot on there. And mm -hmm. you throw the back and it's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, anyways, dried out Christmas trees are really fun to burn too. Ooh, yeah. Next time we throw, or next time we burn our Christmas tree, I'll let you know. It's okay. a lot of fun. It takes like, I think I sent you a video of the last time we did it, didn't mm -hmm. I? I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. It takes like seconds for the whole tree to be like up and gone. You know, like mm -hmm. it just like, it and it just kind of goes, woof. <laughs> and you're like, ah. Yeah. So watch your eyebrows, folks. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, so it says, are you uncomfortable in crowds of people? Uh, one fact about witches that people tend to forget is that they're a rather sensitive lot and they tend to take out, or what? They tend to take on the energy of those around them. Um, in fact, more powerful witches actually have an aura that actively invites people to reveal their shadow selves. I don't know what that is, but okay. Um, do you feel like you sometimes have to consciously block out the energy that is coming from people around you, whether it's positive or negative? If you feel exhausted or even physically ill after spending time around a large group of people, then you may have some witch's brew running through your veins. <laughs> or uh, you're an introvert. <laughs> yeah, I know. All of this is coming up introvert, except for the starting fires thing, but you know. <laughs> Starting fires with your mind, that, that's, that's a little sketchy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it says, do you have the witch's mark? Um, it says, it's been noted in multiple texts that one surefire way to discover if someone is a witch is to search their body for the witch's mark, a spot on the body that resembles a mole, but is believed to be an extra nipple meant for an imp to use to suck human blood. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, a third nipple isn't, I mean, it's not common, but it's not really and you hear about that a lot you know what I mean so, yeah you hear, it's not uncommon I mean it's right. not super common but it's not uncommon either but I never heard that was like you know for imps <laughs> yeah I, don't, I feel like I have heard that before and I don't know oh. why interesting okay 
Maybe with all that mind control in your church. I'm so joking. I know. Right? God. God, I'm joking. Yeah. All the mind control. They're like, <laughs> <for> extra nipples. <laughs> right? Oh, no. <laughs> you shouldn't be checking people's nipples in church. For real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mark first came into practice during the middle ages when witch hunters were looking for any reason whatsoever to burn a woman at the stake so if a potential witch had any physical abnormalities like a less than aesthetically pleasing mole or third nipple then she was deemed to be a witch and done away with so are you a witch if you have a third nipple or a weird mole does a hell creature suck on it under the light of the moon if not then don't worry about it (laughs) oh my god okay if some hell creature or literally any creature is doing that that it didn't come out of your vagina you know at some point like yeah. you, you you should go to the doctor a, a yeah. few doctors yeah be like what's happening yeah I, all of that is just Please a, remove it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah okay all right yeah i like this one do you weigh more or less than a stack of bibles sorry huh i'm said i'm sorry like yeah Okay. You weigh more or less than a stack of Bibles. It makes about as much sense as it sounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. It says one test that was used to determine whether determine whether or not a woman was a witch was to weigh her body against a stack of Bibles. Essentially, the woman would be placed on one side of a large scale and a stack of Bibles on the other. And if the scales didn't balance out, she was done away with by hanging, boiling, or being burned at the stake. It's extremely heinous stuff. So if you have a large set of scales at home, feel free to weigh yourself against a Bible. But just remember, it's actually a bit weirder if you happen to weigh the same as the st- as a stack of the good book. <laughs> okay, but like how many books in, I mean, like how many, how many? Are in the stack? And, and what version of the Bible? Because, you know, obviously working at a bookstore, you can get it in large print or you know that's a bigger but i have problems i mean obviously the whole thing is wrong but like she weighs more than a duck <laughs> Bad yeah. Hair. yes that's a uh, that's interesting what else floats tiny pebbles <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> oh wow okay anyway, i'm having a monty python moment yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> She had a weird note. Or she made me into a frog. I got better. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like my Agent Nasput moment. Can't wait to tell you about that. Oh, it's all relevant. Okay, perfect. Relevant. The next one is what's the Lord's Prayer? It says if you don't know the Lord's Prayer off the top of your head, then you're probably a witch. <laughs> Damn it. Or at least that's what the judges and witch hunters in Salem believed. During the witch burning craze in the U.S., the easiest way to accuse someone of being a witch was to simply ask them what the Lord's Prayer was. If the person demurred or simply couldn't provide an answer, then they would be arrested and later strung up with the rest of the accused witches who were being unfairly targeted. It was believed that a witch's obligation to Satan would keep them from uttering the words to the prayer, but now it's more likely that if you don't know the prayer, then you're just a normal person who hasn't spent their entire life in church. (laughs) Or maybe you're forever bound to Satan. Either way, it's totally cool. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Huh. Have you received the Kuthun? Kuthun? 
uncouth, but I don't know what that word is. Um, it says, if you don't know what a coothin is, then you're totally not a witch. <laughs> good news for me. Yay, good job. <laughs> or maybe you just haven't been indoctrinated into the lifestyle yet. One belief about witchcraft is that in order for a witch to be freed from this mortal coil, she must first past her past past ugh, pass her power onto someone else a rule that for, forces older witches to teach younger women the craft i am having a hard time with reading right now <laughs> um, okay you're doing great the uh kufin, i'm guessing i'm gonna go with that i don't know um okay. is a tangible object that provides a link between the power of the young witch and her teacher the kufin doesn't have to be something like a necklace it can be anything that represents the witch's power hmm. the next one is how are you with pets um, do you find yourself attracted to all manner of animals, but especially cats, crows, ravens, rats, and snakes? If so, then the universe may be telling you to choose a familiar in order to grow your witch crew. A familiar is a, is a supernatural entity, usually taking the form of an animal that assists a witch with their craft by keeping watch over their lair, checking up on denizens of the town where the witch resides, and even carrying out any nasty deeds that the witch wouldn't want to carry out alone. If you've always been an animal person, then you may very well be nurturing some of your natural witchy tendencies. Um, it says, um, do you live by the woods or a body of water? If you don't live by any major natural elements, do you daydream about doing so? Witches belong in nature, so it makes sense that you might long for your roots. In fact, the Great Mother resides in nature, and she calls to all of her natural-born witches. Some of her most powerful children even perform their magic in the woods or other grassy places. Their spells are reinforced by greenery and fresh air. And I like how it's got the picture of the sisters from Hocus Pocus on here. <laughs> uh -huh. awesome. uh, it says, uh, does inclement weather make you feel content? Do, do storms scare you and make you incredibly uncomfortable? Or do you love to see Mother Nature's power manifested so clearly? If you revel in inclement weather and foreboding clouds, then you're probably more witch-inclined than you think. Natural-born witches are connected to all parts of the universe. Stormy weather is nothing to fear, and sometimes your passion can be the source of the wind and the bluster. Hmm. Um, huh. It says, are you obsessed with the moon? Lunar energy is incredibly strong. Not everyone can feel the moon's sway, though. If you find yourself gazing longingly at the moon's surface, then you're probably connected to the universe's magical forces. Try sending positive thoughts to the moon and strengthen your connection. You won't regret the surge of good emotions you'll receive. It says, okay. do a shocking amount of your wishes come true? <clears throat> it says, does it seem like a lot of the things you hope for actually come to pass? Are you luckier than most, or can you control your own fate? If so, you're probably part of an elite class of witches. Those with natural spellworking capabilities are more in tune with the universe than others, so it's no wonder that the universe is willing to bend your demands. Hmm. And the last one, it says, do you have a really strong preference for silver? If you're truly a witch, then you will definitely have a preference for body adornment. It's a total myth that all witches wear black clothing and pointy hats, but even those with innate power do favor silver-toned jewelry. Even pewter colors work. If you find that most of your jewelry box contents are gold or copper, though, chances are you're not a witch. The silver color actually pulls energy from the moon. Huh. I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> and again, if she weighs more than a duck. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would say some of those made me feel a little more witchy, but mostly, no. <laughs> so. Mostly, it just made me giggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Oh, cool. Um, so what was your Ijidraspa moment for this week? That okay. Has to be dogs. 
Girl, all right. Yeah. So I so I just want to say this all happened while I was totally sober. I hadn't <laughs> even had like a lot of candy. Yeah. When this happened because <laughs> you weren't even uh, on a sugar high. <laughs> no, like it was it was Halloween. Okay, and like I yes I had a couple tiny pieces of candy, but like was not sugar yeah, high. You. Yeah, I mean that's not weird. So we went out uh, trick or treating in our neighborhood with a, a bunch of people, and um, and that was cool. That was fun. We come back. Um, my mom had gone out with us to trick or treat. Um, so we come back. Uh, we're all sort of getting in a state of like, you know, taking off our our warmer, you know, outer clothes and our shoes, mm-hmm. and you know, putting stuff down and just kind of, you know, decompressing after that, right? Killian's mm-hmm. frantically going through his candy and and all that. <laughs> Um, my mom sort of disappeared in that process, which is really not weird. I mean, her room's upstairs, you know, so mm-hmm. but we were like in the living room area doing whatever, just kind of unpacking our last couple hours. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I was sort of tidying up a bit and I realized that there was a pair of Eric's flip-flops under the kitchen table. And I was like, what the hell are these doing here? I better go put those <laughs> with the other shoes. So I grab them and like by our garage door right now is sort of like, not a big, like a smallish pile of shoes maybe like four pairs of shoes so mm-hmm. I just kind of drop the flip-flops on the pile and I'm turning away and there's like I see something jump out of the corner of my eye and my <laughs> first thought was like holy fuck there's a grasshopper in here because it was small and I was mm-hmm. like oh gross I'm gonna freak out and scream in like two seconds <laughs> I see another jump as I'm looking but I can't quite see what it is because like we have like a carpet runner right there that's like got a lot of um design and colors on it you know what I mean yeah so, so I had to like get closer I see another jump it is a tiny ass frog there is a fucking frog in my fucking house shoes okay fuck I start screaming because all of it's horrifying not that I mean it was a cute frog thank god it was a giant you know disturbing frog because I probably just would have pooped right but like <laughs> this little cute one and it's jumping towards the door so I'm screaming oh my god there's a frog Eric save us all you know <laughs> so he comes over he opens the front door it jumps right out it's all fine he didn't even have to touch it everything was good mm-hmm. he he's like I've been running out for days <laughs> I know how long has that poor frog been there also are there other frogs in our shoes like spawning I don't know what they do Ugh. anyway I think they usually do that in water so if your shoes are dry I think you're good <laughs> it is disturbing and I'm ready to just fucking move but okay. <laughs> so like so all I'm over a frog <laughs> yeah I'm just like that's not okay our house is done like no <laughs> so I uh I'm looking at like Killian is like excited by the whole thing Eric is just like that's weird and I'm looking around and in my panicked state I was like has anybody seen my mom <laughs> like nobody had and then I was like did my mom turn into a frog was that my mom <laughs> okay listen like yes that's ridiculous but also it was Halloween and like you know (laughs) if if the movies have taught me anything then that's when magical shit can go down so (laughs) it's on Halloween (laughs) so it was just a brief thought is that ridiculous yes was she upstairs in her room yes so (laughs) my mom did not turn into a frog but for a moment there I was like Oh, what no. the hell? <laughs> Somebody go back outside and get her. Like, <laughs> she's ran off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Somebody go catch grandma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 
So that's what happened. Yeah. Yay. Okay. <laughs> and then Killian came back from school the next day and he's like, I told my teacher you thought grandma turned into a frog. And I was like, what? He's like, yep. It's like, does she think I'm a crazy person now? And he's like, yep. <laughs> it's like, great. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Jerk. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that it's all, you know, a joke to her, but I was just like, could you not tell people that? Um, like, at, at the same time, I, I think I've told everybody that I've seen since then about that, but you know, whatever, it's fine. So, yep. What was your is it or ask what moment? Okay, so I swear all of my moments, especially in the last, like, year since we got Maisie, have all been about one animal or another, because everybody's constantly doing something stupid, and it's hard to keep them alive sometimes. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Yeah, that's what's happening in your daily life, you know? They're, yeah. So, Ahsoka, the four-year-old horse, Mm -hmm. she, I don't know what she was doing. I'm guessing that she might have, so we have hot wire fencing, so there's, like, a top string and a bottom string, and sometimes she likes to stick her head kind of through and, like, get the grass on the other side. Mm -hmm. She might have been doing that. Or maybe she was just stupid. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Travis came around the corner of the shop to, like, go and get the tractor because he needed it for whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And she, like, lost her ever-loving mind, freaked out, <laughs> yeah. and blasted through the fence. Oh, bent the team post, which are metal and really sturdy, I'd like to say, mm-hmm. at, like, a 90-degree angle and, like, tore down all the hot wire and was like wrapped in it and took off running right like mm-hmm. what are we doing <laughs> like, yeah right that is way bigger of a reaction than what needs to happen for somebody walking up on you do you know like <laughs> yeah holy cow you know like and I'm sure it was one thing that she probably like got spooked then got zapped or something and then freaked out and blasted through it and it was just like a whole like one thing after another she like kept getting worse and worse I don't know whatever I wasn't yeah. there at the time so mm-hmm. okay fine so it's it was like a whole thing she had a cut on her leg she's got a cut on her nose she had a cut on all of her like right side basically and then one like on her lip like <laughs> I was just Aww, like oh stupid girl. you know like yeah but anyway and so I'm like okay like it didn't look awful but it didn't look good the cut on her leg right and so I was like okay I'm gonna like clean it and like bandage it and all that sort of stuff and I did that for about a week well once it stopped being kind of swollen and like bleeding and all that sort of stuff I realized that like that's a deep like she's got a hole in her leg and like it goes down you know (laughs) like it's 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 a deep hole you know and I'm like okay and like part of the cut because it was a longer cut and like part of it wasn't so deep and so that healed up within a few days but this one spot just like was not healing up and I'm like I don't know so I had to have the vet out and they had to wrap it and all that sort of stuff and like she ended up between the couple different bandages that they like took off and put back on and blah 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 she had to be segregated by herself in the round pen for like probably close to a month it was oh, wow. A, well, no, it was it was at least three weeks. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, and, and so that was like a whole <laughs> a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know she wasn't like she was all depressed and Toby was all depressed and everybody was all sad and they just 
stand there at the fence and stare at each other and get poor rain because like yeah it was just it was just like oh come on you know but it, yeah so she is now back with toby and like they okay. are you know happy as larks together but i was just like you know like first of all for something so stupid and the vet when she came out originally was like yeah this is down to the bone and mm. so like you need to make sure that once this heals that she can like do everything like she normally would and she doesn't look gimpy at all because that's a really easy area for them to break for her leg. Oh, okay. And so she's like, okay, you know, and so far she seems fine. She's just got like a scab and she's probably going to have a scar, which I don't care about as long as she's walking, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, oh my gosh, how can you like, because somebody walked around a corner <laughs> without announcing their presence. Now your whole month is just out the window because you can't yeah. like control yourself. Oh, yeah, so that Girl. was kind of, it was just kind of dumb. Yeah. I like to say that having one horse have a Band-Aid put on and have them both get their shots for the year was like $500. What are we doing, folks? You know, like. Damn, that's crazy. Oh it was, it was something. Oh. So, yeah. That's, that's bananas. Ah, okay. Well. That was, that was the other sucky part of it is that with yeah. all the vet visits and everything, just to get a Band-Aid changed and put back on, guess how much that is? How much? 75 bucks for a Band-Aid. What the fuck? Yep. <laughs> guess how much it was to just get the Band-Aid taken off and have the vet look at it and be like, okay, it's fine now. How much? $53 Holy to cut off a Band-Aid. Man, we are in the wrong business. And by that, I mean, well, I need a job. I mean, yeah. I, like, what am I doing? I thought about being a vet for a minute, and then I was like, I don't like this. You know, like, this is too <laughs> yeah, much that's... math and science for me. And I'm like, why didn't I do it? You know? Like, <laughs> uh, gosh, because I wouldn't have met you. That's why. <laughs> that's right. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. We were, we were destined. Destined yep. to do this this podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh okay well I'm glad you didn't thanks thanks yeah I'm glad you because ugh, you know also loans Ooh. mm -hmm. I could not handle seeing animals injured either like there's just no way I could handle that yeah but oh well so she's doing good now no issues oh she's fine now awesome she just you know had a stupid (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.